0: In there at Romans Chapter Five, I know there 's a number of you in the congregation who like hiking up mountains and say that I share that interest, but I have climbed a few mountains in my day, and um, you know one of the things that i just don 't like is pain and I, when I think of climbing mountains it 's pain. And you sweat your way up a, a steep terrain, and, and you know better than me, and you face all these challenging sections. And what feels like after hours of exerting yourself, you, you finally come onto easier ground. And when that happens, I'm quick to sit down and get my picnic out and take a breather. But one of the things that always happens is, is that when you reach, not, not summit, but just just a ridge, you can lift your head up and you can see the breathtaking views that are underneath you. They've been developing behind you. You can see why it's now all making sense that you started climbing this mountain. Well, that's a bit like our journey in this letter to the Romans. We started our hike with Paul at base camp. And um, it was down in the depths of the Valley of Depravity. And then he's led us up the very steep hillside of salvation as we've considered the doctrine of justification by faith alone in all of its facets. But as we come to chapter 5, we've finally reached this summit, this peak. Not the top, but just this little place where we can stop and we can sit down and we can enjoy the breathtaking views of our salvation. Here's a place we can rest. Here's a place where we can catch a breather. As Romans chapter 5 begins, the atmosphere changes. Paul's been arguing, uh, really with this, this laser-sharp focus, so that everyone has clear in their mind what is justification by faith alone. This section changes from argument, the, the previous section, which is argumentation, into chapter 5, now becomes adoration. Adoration. Paul's now going to lay before us the blessings and the benefits of the doctrine of justification. If you look down at chapter 5, we're only going to be looking at verses 1 and 2 this evening. You'll see that it opens with that word, therefore. And you know what I'm going to say. When you see the word therefore, you've got to ask, what's it there for? And you've got to ask that question particularly in the letter of Romans. Because there are four key therefores. Chapter 3 verse 21. Chapter 1 verse 18 through chapter 3 verse 20, Paul has been laying out the bad news. We all stand condemned under the law, deserving the wrath of God. And back in chapter 3 verse 20, Paul says, for, therefore, by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes a knowledge of sin. But therefore, the, but, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Then you come to chapter 5 and verse 1, and it's therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you were to turn to chapter 8, verse 1, it's therefore, there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And if you were to turn to chapter 12, you would get the final therefore that's key. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, Offer your lives as living sacrifices. So we come to a key hinge point in this letter. And it's chapter 5. And and now it's, okay, we've been considering the doctrine of justification. Now Paul wants us to glory and appreciate and enjoy what it means for us. Because there are such great blessings and benefits bound up with this doctrine. We have peace. With God. We stand in grace. And we rejoice in the hope of God's glory. Peace, grace, glory. And what's incredible about these, what Paul unpacks just in the first two verses is that one reality is past. Past tense. The next two realities are present tense. And the final reality is future tense. So we get this amazing, amazing, breathtaking view of salvation. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God three times Paul says in these first 11 verses we rejoice I got an email this week it was from a relative in Africa at least that's what they told me and he said that they that one of my relatives had passed away and they were in charge of the account and there's 19 billion dollars waiting for me if I just reply to this email for just a moment, I indulged myself. I thought, what if this is true? What if I'm a billionaire? And there was a little bit of joy. And then I realized this is just a scam. Listen, what is before us this evening is true. It is so true. And the only appropriate response to it for us tonight is to rejoice is to boast, is to exalt. So tonight we're going to rejoice in the peace we have with God, the grace that we stand in, and the future glory that is ours. So let's look first of all at verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. You know, for us, this doesn't seem that shocking. We have been justified by faith. Did you hear the certainty in Paul's writing about our status before God? Since we have been justified. This is a definitive declaration. God's verdict over those who've put their faith in Christ is that you are in right standing with God. It may not shock us, but for many of the original hearers of this letter, it would be shocking. Because when they thought of justification, it was always a future event. It was the verdict that would happen at the very end, on the last day of judgment. Now there's a real sense in which we will have the verdict of right relationship with God announced publicly declared at the last But we also understand that it is a past reality. We have been justified, made right with God, because of what Christ Jesus has done. It's actually what Paul explains, isn't it? Verse 6, while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for us. Verse 8, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us since therefore we have now been justified by his blood. Our right standing with God is a reality that Paul wants us to have a full sense of assurance of. We are right with God right now because we've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul has made it clear in the first four chapters, we're not right with God because of our background, because of our merits, because of our works. We're right with God because of what Jesus has done. He died. He satisfied divine justice. He imputed to his people his righteousness. And we received this gift with the open hand that is faith. Brother, sister, Paul wants you to know that tonight your status before God is righteous. You are as righteous tonight in God's sight as you will ever be because you're as righteous, because you're righteous in Christ. Whether you're a brand new Christian, whether you're a really mature Christian, you tonight in Christ have the same status as Christ. He's declared it legally, the verdict you are righteous in him i think some of us as christians struggle with knowing who we are sometimes we think yeah i know god's word says he loved i'm not sure of it surely He just tolerates me surely he just puts up with me because i just i always fail him i always mess up now listen to this therefore since we have been justified by faith You are accepted by God. You are no longer under condemnation. You are eternally loved. And this is cause for rejoicing. Well, then secondly, Paul goes on and he says, because we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he's going to say that we now stand. We have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Look these two present tense realities. Because of what's happened in the past, we are at peace with God. Paul has made it really clear in the previous chapters that we were at enmity with God. That God's just holy wrath was against us. But because of what Christ Jesus has done, Romans 3, verse 21 through 26, we have had a Savior who's put an end to God's wrath for us. He's satisfied divine justice so that we can be at peace with God. Now, what often happens is when we think of the peace of God, we can think of it in its subjective reality, peace. Of God. That's not what Paul's speaking about. He's speaking here about the object of reality. Peace with God. The state of war and enmity has ended and it's ended because of the great peacemaker, Jesus Christ. Look down at verse nine. Since therefore we've now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. But if while we were were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Again, tonight we've got cause to rejoice. The most wonderful gift that we can ever possess is this object of fact, peace with God. All of our sins, past, present, future, paid for. Jesus paid for them in full. So we have peace with God. We don't need to worry about facing the wrath of God. In fact, that would be an insult to what Christ has done in paying for us in full. Present tense reality, we have peace. But look at what he also says, present tense reality. Through Jesus, verse 2, we have obtained access by faith, into this grace in which we stand. Not only, do we have, not only do we have peace, but we have access. Now, we read this, and uh, we're so far removed from many of the Jews that were in that congregation in Rome who were steeped in their Old Testament scriptures, and they knew that historically, that in God's providence and purposes, God's people did not have access into the near presence of God. There was a huge curtain, a huge veil in the temple, preventing the way to the holy of holies. You could only enter the presence of God through a mediator, through the high priest on the day of atonement when he went to sprinkle the blood of the lamb. But because of what Jesus Christ has done, we have access into God's presence. You know, um, recently we've been thinking about the royal family, the, the coronation, and although there's a major rift in the family, and Harry came for the congr- coronation, and it seems that he left straight immediately after the, the service ended and flew back home. He is the son of the king, and he has access into his presence the virtue of being Charles's son, and as. And, 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 and if you think about that, William, who's his son, and, and, and right now, the, William and Charles in, in really great terms, he's got access into his presence as his son. I heard the other day there that there was once a, an evangelical, presumably still alive, an evangelical Anglican minister. He went to school with Prince Edward. And one of the amazing things about this guy, he became a minister, and, and he literally has access into not just prince edward's presence but because he knows prince edward so well he's got access into the king's presence He's a close family friend brothers and sisters get get our heads around this right this is the wonderful reality you and i now have access into the presence of the holy of holies because jesus christ is our older brother and he's paid it all in full and through him we have access into the very presence of god but the present tense reality is so amazing is that now that we have access into his presence we stand in grace that is to say we have god's unlimited love and favor forevermore the Christian life is a life lived by the grace of God. We are saved by grace. We live by grace. We're sustained by grace. It's grace it will take us all the way home. We now have residence in the presence of the King of Kings and we enjoy his love and favor. Remember the story of the prodigal son? He goes off to the faraway land and then he comes back to the father. And he thinks that the only way he'll be accepted back into the father is if he slaves away and becomes one of his hired servants. That's not what happens. The father runs out to him. The father brings him in. He clothes him. He puts a robe in him, a ring on him, sandals on him. He he kills a fattened calf and he brings him into the home because he's taken him back. Grace, that's a picture of you and I. We now belong in the presence of God as sons and daughters. So, so justification, not only the benefit, the blessing that's bound up with it, not only addresses the negative aspect, hostility, it's got this glorious positive aspect where we have access, we stand in grace, and we know that God loves us. If you look at verse 8 again, it's just incredible. How do we know God loves us? Because God showed his love for us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know the amazing thing about God's love? It's demonstrated love. It's not cheap love. It's not fickle love. It's real love. It's sacrificial love. It's a love that held nothing back. It's a love that bled and died. While we were still sinners, while we were powerless, while we were ungodly, while we were at our worst, God showed his love for us. We sang Psalm 139 tonight and that psalm reminds us that we are fully known by God. Everything. Fully known and fully loved. And fully accepted into his presence. Brothers and sisters, that's cause to rejoice. As we rest ourselves in this little point in the mountain. let's just breathe in this spectacular news we have peace with god we stand in the presence of god and we enjoy the grace of god but if that's not enough the final thing that paul goes on to say is that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of god it's really interesting that glory is a big theme in romans we exchanged the glory of god back in chapter one we fell short of the glory of god chapter three And now the theme of the book is going to be how we are going to be restored and brought into the glory of God. We're going to be glorified. And all of this came about because the son, the king of glory, left heaven's throne, entered the sin-sick world, paid our price so that we could be brought to glory. He says we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You know, in the English language, hope is such a weak word. Hope is wishful thinking. But in biblical terms, hope is a confident expectation of a guaranteed result. We have sure and certain hope that we will be with Christ in the glory that is Come. That means that we will be made like him. That means that we will live with him and we will reign alongside him as kings and queens in the new creation. Paul says, listen, this is the blessing. These are the blessings, these are the benefits of your justification. You have been justified, past tense. You're at peace with God. He holds your sins no longer against you. The present tense, you stand in the grace of God. Future tense, there is a day coming where you will live in the presence of God, in the full, awesome presence of God's glory. And Paul says this is cause for our rejoicing." You know it's rather striking But in life I, I do rejoice At some of the most fickle and silly things I rejoice when my favourite football team Wins Rangers won against Celtic Huge moment of rejoicing For, for a Scot like me but brothers and sisters Honestly If we just take the moment To sit down Breathe in the new air of the kingdom of God, of the gospel that is here, to enjoy the salvation that is laid before us. Bound up with our justification are these great blessings. Peace, grace, glory. We ought to rejoice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these wonderful truths, these wonderful blessings that you've bestowed upon us too wonderful for our words to express. Thank you that in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, you have dealt with our sin. Thank you that we're now safe with you. Thank you that we are loved by you. Thank you that you're leading us to glory. We can never plumb the depths, nor can we scale the heights, nor will we be ever to get our arms around the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. But we pray that even tonight as we sit here, God, in this passage and we meditate on these amazing benefits and blessings that we might have cause for rejoicing this night and all this week long because we are the richest of the richest of all people in the universe. We are sons and daughters of you, the Most High God. And what a privilege and what a marvel that is. We pray this in your Son's precious name. Amen.